Hello and welcome to the CDI podcast. I'm Dylan Edgel, Assistant Director of the University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development. And I'm Emily Cooper Yates, Project Coordinator for CCED. Our guest today is all the way from Louisiana. Lisa Johnson is the President and CEO of the Bossier Chamber of Commerce. Lisa also serves on the CDI Advisory Board and is the Director of CDI Year 3. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Dylan and Emily. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, to start us off, can you just tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Uh, absolutely. You, you know, um, it's been a joyous ride, that's for sure. So I've been here, let's just kind of start with the chamber, at the chamber for 16 years. So prior to being the president of the chamber for the last 16 years, I really uh, worked nearly 20 years in the tourism and hospitality industry here and straight out of college. So I, I went to college to um, get a PR degree and then I ended up working at uh, Louisiana Downs, our uh, racetrack here before the, cause that was pre-casinos and, um, and pre-lottery and all of that. I'm really aging myself, but it is what it is. And so then um, I, um, ended up working at the largest attraction at that time at the American Rose Center, and uh, then went to the Convention and Tourist Bureau and was there for many, many years. And so I just, you know, I just kind of floated around over the years in the tourism industry, marketing and promoting uh, Shreveport and Bossier, Caddo and Bossier parishes, or as y'all call it in Arkansas counties, as a tourism destination, all the while, put a little plug in here for uh, Arkansas, all the while I was vacationing often uh, up at Lake DeGray, which is one of my most favorite spots ever. So um, anyway, folks started calling me and were like, hey, your hometown is Bossier. You want to be a, uh, you want to, you should apply for the chamber director position. And I was like, I don't know what a chamber does. And uh, they were like, sure you do. And I'm like, I have not a clue never really heard of a chamber of commerce don't know what they do on the last day of accepting applications and the 13th hour i put my resume in and went before a committee of nine and uh, was interviewed and got the job and here i am 16 years later as the uh, director of the Bossier chamber so i love it i love taking care of my hometown so i went from the tourism industry only to now all economic uh, industries and drivers of the economy and working with them for our area and our region. All right, that sounds so awesome. Um, how has the role of the Bossier Chamber of Commerce changed in the community to address the new economic reality presented by the COVID-19 pandemic? So, you know, that's really, um, interesting little story there because when the when the shutdown happened um i really we I, as a chamber of commerce you already focus on your membership and the community and the economic drivers and all the while you are trying to maintain your nonprofit as a chamber solvent because membership dues are always challenging to uh to receive you know to get people to renew and all of that so you're and and working at a Chamber of Commerce is obviously an intangible uh, product. People can't touch it and uh, really feel it. They only feel it through the outcomes of what we do. So um, when the shutdown happened, 
our role turned immediately to assisting businesses with the uh, funding programs that were coming out from the federal government and helping them make wise decisions about their employees and what to do with their employees and should they keep them on, keep them on part-time, do they take uh, encourage them or go ahead and lay them off or furlough them for the uh, unemployment benefits, which we knew was going to have a long-term um, uh, effect on the national economy. And so we really focused on, on that for the first um, several weeks. And we partnered with our area, other area chambers within a 20 minute drive. We have four chambers of commerce uh, within our area. And then on top of that, we've got probably another five or six uh, economic development agencies, uh, all within this one uh, area and region of Shreveport, Bossier, the northwest corner of Louisiana. So um, we really, we, we came together and we partnered and we started doing weekly um, seminars for our businesses to just pump the information out. We doubled, maybe tripled our communication that uh, we did to uh, our membership base and to the, uh, to the media. Um, because I was confident that over-communication was the way to do it. Um, I would rather everyone have too much information during this shutdown to be able to make good decisions for their business than to not have anything at all. So we really uh, transformed into that area. Then once things started to reopen, I could focus back on the chamber, making sure the chamber remained solvent so that we could continue these programs. And, uh, and how do we transition to virtual uh, activities, uh, sharing information, uh, chamber chats with the president, bringing on um, guest speakers so that um, folks could hear from them directly. So it would be like from the uh, chief of staff from the governor's office. Um, it, the um, policy um, or the, the policing agency, if you will, for um, reopening and all is our state fire marshal's office. So we'd have Chief Browning. I've had him on multiple times. So, I mean, we would go straight to the top to bring those folks to our community here locally because where they're physically located is four, four and a half hours away from us um, because of the way the state is shaped. So we don't see them in the community. So it was a virtual was the new way, uh, obviously of doing everything um, on a regular basis. I mean, it's been there for a while, but now it's really the way to do, do um, uh, and communicate. And so we have continued that. We've slowed down just a little bit but now we're transitioning again into another um, component uh, as at the federal level, the unemployment um, is changing uh, that's coming down from the federal government and the uh, stimulus checks that may or may not be coming pending uh, approval and what have you. But um, businesses have been forced again to work leaner. We've seen that in the last six, seven years that we've been asked, and especially for us in a military community, as we went through sequestration as a Department of Defense community, uh, having Barksdale Air Force Base, that we all learned how to work leaner over those years. Well, COVID has forced the business community to do that again. So what does that mean? That means that 
when folks decide to go back to work, unemployment actually ended for the state of Louisiana this week and uh, other communities may be at the end of this week. Um, people are going to have uh, an awakening of that their federal unemployment of $600 is gone. And so can they live off of the unemployment of the state of Louisiana only? And then businesses, since we started our phase two opening, have been begging for people to come back to work. And we've been begging people to go back to work um, to help jumpstart the economy, reopen the economy. And so there's been all of those challenges. And I know they're not unique to us here in uh, Bossier City and in Shreveport. They're, um, they're all over the place. So how we have changed our role is that now we have become a, bit, a business partner with the WIOA program uh, with our Coordinating Development Corporation, which is federally funded um, grants. And so we are now going into uh, further more into the business of helping to employ dislocated workers, training for dislocated workers, on-the-job training uh, for those dislocated workers due to the COVID. And so we're really just now getting our feet wet in that, and um, we're really focused on that area of businesses continuing to reopen and the job seeker pool being much larger now than the jobs available that are going to be out there. So it's completely a reverse of where we have been uh, as the economy was doing really good and then COVID shut everything down. So um, that's how we are assisting with the, uh, the um, COVID-19 uh, and continuing to do our regular programs that we do at the, the chamber. Yeah, that's great. And it, it seems like you guys have shifted you know, really well um, in, in response to COVID. And, uh, you know, we're, we're already operating in our new normal. Emily and I are recording this podcast in masks. <laughs> um, so I, I was going to ask uh, what advice you had for other chambers of commerce as they uh, operate in this new normal and kind of weather, weather this storm? You know, um, for advice for other chambers of commerce or any entity that would be similar to a, a chamber is it's communication. And that's even what I've been sharing with our business uh, employers is communication. We have got to communicate the information that we have. We've got to be open about it and, um, and, and say, this is the reality. This is the new normal. And then we need to ask our businesses to make sure that they're communicating with their employees because um, COVID was such a shock unprecedented situation for all of us that we the the uncertainty of where we were going and what was happening uh, is quite scary so anything that we can do now to to assist um, us as a chamber to our employers and then the employers to their employees to to give that guidance and direction and to let them know that we're willing to help in any way that we can that we will connect them and um, if it's for training skills training or connect them for uh, another job opportunity or, or what have you but I, I really think that the basis of everything and it hasn't changed. It was the same thing pre-COVID. Everything is about communication and building a relationship. And if you're doing that, then folks are going to have the trust 
uh, in you to help guide them. Everything is done with integrity and honesty. And that's really where we should have always been and where we need to continue uh, for the future. All right, so to shift gears a little, um, as a member of our CDI advisory board, uh, CDI year three director, and a CDI participant, we would love to hear about your experience at CDI Central and what you think the biggest takeaway from the program is. Let me tell you, okay, now you've opened up a can of worms. <laughs> you want me to tell you about CDI and my experience? I am one of the biggest cheerleaders of CDI. And uh, as a participant and class director, now honored to be on the uh, advisory board, but that going through CDI several years ago opened my eyes and really put all the pieces of the puzzle together to develop a community. It's, and I mean, and I know it's Community Development Institute, but sometimes when we get in our areas, our little silos, and I'm working with businesses, you tend to forget that parks and recreation is important, that uh, neighborhood layouts is critically important. You know, all of this goes together. I always like to say that a chamber or a community is, is hub and spoke. So you have the center of knowledge and you don't have to be the decision maker on each one of these spokes. I don't have to make this, the decisions on, you know, where you put your parks and recreation, how you lay out neighborhoods, how you do your infrastructure, how you do education, but I have to have the knowledge of it and I need to know, uh, I need to have a seat at the table so that I can offer some experience of connecting all of these together and then that fully uh, develops our community and CDI really uh, brought that to fruition and uh, really put the complete puzzle together. Now let me tell you my biggest takeaway and um, that I still talk about today was going through the poverty simulation because um, we in Bossier City and in Bossier Parish are a very a fortunate community. All communities have poverty. And as we are growing to the, uh, to the uh, suburbs and, and growing outward, you know, you have those neighborhoods that become a little more depressed or, uh, uh, or are impoverished. And, and it's like, how do you break that cycle? And CDI, helped me to understand what it means to to live in poverty and try to break out of that cycle. So I have now had a burning on my heart to bring y'all's program to our community in which we had it all scheduled and ready to go and then COVID happened. And um, to educate my, um, my leaders in my community because we learn in CDI, it's all about focus groups and coming together and making sure everyone's on the same page because you can't make a difference unless you're all uh, together on it and uh, and everyone has their input. So I was prepared to do that and still am as soon as we can all get in a room together because I, I am convinced that most leaders and communities, including my own, don't realize what it means to be, uh, to live into poverty that is generational or there's by choice, but those that are generational poverty, we can break that cycle. And by inviting them to come to a library meeting to learn 
you know, how to do this or can, uh, continuing to put it on the backs of the teachers to help break that cycle. It's just not the way to do it. I don't know what the solutions are, but I know you have to go to them and their neighborhoods. And that really is my biggest personal takeaway that I have been working hard to bring back to my community and, uh, and to my region because we have those issues in Northwest Louisiana and in Shreveport and in, in Bossier. But uh, working with the um, third year class, it's great to see all the things that they've learned in year one and two and uh, bring them to light and then to, to know that they're going back into the advanced class. That was one of my favorites too, to actually have hands-on going into the advanced class and in, into a community and doing assessments for that community and making recommendations and bringing all of their uh, civic leaders together and and their residents. Um, you know, as a, again, as we say, you know, everyone has to have buy-in for it to succeed. I've gone through a poverty simulation as well, and I can speak to how impactful that is. Um, but Lisa, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, we love working with you uh, to plan and put on CDI every year, and your work is a part of what makes it great. Uh, so thanks for all that you do for the city of Bossier City uh, and for CDI. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. On upcoming episodes of the CDI podcast, we'll feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us next week on the CDI podcast.